We have all been chosen to live a life of victory. This podcast is based around myself, Danny, and my husband, Jordan, bringing you a word about how you can live a life of victory. We are bringing you a fresh revelation from God to walk in the spirit of faith, living out the victory that has been set before you. Welcome back to this week of Victorious. Last week, we talked about why did Jesus come, and we're going to continue on to that this week into a second part of that. Um, But last week, we really had the opportunity to speak about, first and foremost, it being a gift, and that your worthiness does not qualify you um, for salvation. It's not how worthy you are. Actually, yesterday... Um, before we jump off into the relationship part, which I want to recap too, but yesterday I'd posted on my Facebook um, something from a year back I had posted, and it said that Jesus took from the bottom of the barrel to create his inner circle. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about who he pulled in as his inner circle? So let's just take, for example, uh, Peter. Peter was a fisherman but Peter had an anger problem. We we can see that because we can see that even as he's beginning to walk out his uh, his walk with Jesus, that he's still going through some things. He's still processing some things. He's still moving through some things. Yep. Um, he is an impulse man if I've seen one. I mean, he just chopped off a dude's ear. Yeah, I always think of Peter and I always think of them shaking their heads going, oh, there's Peter again. <laughs> Peter's at it again. But thank God he chose someone like that because yeah. um, I make those knucklehead decisions too. Definitely. And then think about Matthew. Um, so it just says Matthew is a tax collector in the word. But do you know that those were like the most hated people in the Jewish community? They were the most hated people because they were one of their own and they were seeking down the Jewish people, trying to harass and take them down so that... They can pay Rome. Yeah, yeah. pay Rome in in more than enough. And they would try to collect more because I believe what they got over the tax amount is what they got to keep. That's why they were so wealthy. Hmm. They were They were trying to just take... Uh, from their own to pay Rome. And so they were hated in the community. We can see where they said, why does your master eat with tax collectors? Well, Matthew was one of those tax collectors. He was one of those people that were despised by those around him. And Jesus included him as his inner circle. Jesus truly takes the people that are the ones that you would be the last person to choose. So if you're the one who was the last one chosen on the baseball field, that's good news for you. If you're the last one who would have been chosen in a kickball game, that's good news for you. And um, there are several places where I probably would be the last one chose, but I'm so grateful that that's not what Jesus looks at. Jesus doesn't look at um, what man sees you as. What's that, what's that saying? Uh, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I thank God for that because he sees a destiny that was placed on the inside of you the moment 
that the Father created you. He created a destiny on the inside of you. And He knows that destiny. And He's calling to that destiny on the inside of you. So regardless what you've done from birth until this point, regardless of what you've done at any time in your life, regardless if you've got off track, if you've moved to the left or the right, or regardless if you haven't fulfilled to this point what you thought you should have fulfilled, God still has your destiny in mind. He still has a way to pull you back on that timeline. And the love that is in the Father will pull that destiny out of the inside of you. Yeah, so many times people will stray away from church and then, well, I'm too far gone to come back or I need to get myself better to go to church or this and that and do it on their own before uh, getting back on track with Jesus and, and, and back into a relationship with him. But he's willing to meet you where you're at and Absolutely. pull it, like you said, pull you uh, up to him. You know, he's not, he's not, I mean, he's looking to meet you wherever you're at, where, whatever you're going through right now. And uh, you don't have to do anything to make yourself more presentable for Jesus. Absolutely not. And, and the truth is that when you begin to take the steps to go back to that place, uh, going to church pours the word on the inside of you. That's what going to church does. At a good church. At a good church. <laughs> yeah. True. Not um, one spewing religion. True. Very true. But but you beginning to um, take action steps helps you get back on that track with Jesus. You know, they always say it's way easier to steer a moving vehicle than one that's parked. I don't know about you, but I can't move a parked vehicle. As a matter of fact, um, when Snowmageddon came the other week, <laughs> yeah. um, I my truck died in the middle of the road. Jordan was at home. It was just me in the truck, and it, and it stalled out in the middle of the road. And I just happened to see two guys... Um, who had come out to look at the snow is what I think they were doing. And I was like, hey, can you all push the, the truck just off the road? Because I was literally stuck in the middle of the road. And they both got behind the truck and um, they could not move the thing. No. There was no momentum. There was no go. I mean, I had it neutral. I promise I was doing it right. I had it neutral. But they could not push this truck. Why? Because there was no momentum. There was no moving this this stuck vehicle because there was no momentum. Not because it was stuck in the ground, not because of the earth beneath it, but solely because there was no momentum to it, going to it. Now, the moment that a truck came to pull me out, they backed up, they got some momentum, and they pulled that thing forward, and I was able to move. Why? Because they had momentum in their vehicle. There started to be movement in the vehicle that was towing before me. They had the ability to go and pull with momentum and move that thing forward. And so when you're at least moving towards things, you'll fall back into or move to the plan that God has for your life because you're moving forward. Um, we got a little off track there, but but all I, that to say, good. all that to say that your worthiness, your qualifications, what you've done, what you're doing. We mentioned last week, Paul. Paul was a murderer of Christians, and he wrote um, the part of the word that is to us as believers of the church. He wrote the word of God that is written directly to the church, and he was a murderer. If God can choose him, he can absolutely choose you. So I just encourage you today to not get caught up in whether you're worthy or not worthy. Um, Nobody's worthy. That's right. We're worthy because Jesus made us worthy. Yeah, that's right. 
And if you ever say uh, you aren't good enough, then ultimately you're putting that on that Jesus isn't good enough because Mm -hmm. you're right. You would never qualify, but Jesus qualified you. He paid for all of it. And we're going to talk about that here. And then we talked about relationship last week. I want to hit on this really quickly, how important it is for you to be in relationship with the Father. And this is why it's so important to be create that momentum and, and speaking to God, talking to God, making Him in every part of your life. If it's doing the dishes, if it's cleaning the toilets, if it's taking the kids to school, if it's working a 9-to-5 job, whatever it is. um, You know, it doesn't have to be... Um, in an all day long thing of you, uh, on your knees praying to God. But, uh, my friend Casey Stone said yesterday in, in a message he was giving, your conversation needs to be an extension of your prayer life. That's how you're able to keep the father in your life all the time. Because what you're saying in your prayer time is the same thing you're saying when you're not in your prayer time. You're not being double tongued. You're saying the same thing all the time. And as you do that, the relationship with the father is building the relationship. Man, I feel the Holy ghost on that. The relationship with the father is building. That was such a good word. So that he wants to be in total and complete relationship with you. Restored to be your daily partner. Amen. So today I want to move on to um, talking about the benefits that came with salvation. We talked about the relationship. We talked about the worthiness. But we didn't get further into the benefits that were to come. And so let's start in um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Are you ready to go there? Uh, Sure. Awesome. So Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, this is the Amplified Classic Version. For it is by grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Through your faith, and this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing, it came not through your own striving, but it is a gift of God. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's so much to unpack in that scripture alone, but what I really want to, to hit on is these couple of things. One, it says it delivered you from judgment. Now, there are, there's a couple of judgments that happen in heaven, but this delivered you from the judgment of your sin. Mm. All sin was placed on Jesus. You were totally delivered from the judgment of your sin if you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I believe it's important for you to ask for repentance. Not because he won't forgive you if you don't, but because it clears the slate between you and him. There's an accuser all the time trying to accuse you of sin. And that's and that's where that, um, not conviction, but condemnation comes is when you don't clear that thing out, the enemy can try to go and accuse you over those things. So you aren't repenting because God won't forgive you. You're repenting so that the enemy has no place to stand. So you've been redeemed from judgment, and then you've been given Christ's salvation. This part is the part that um, I feel like is so important for us to totally understand. We talked about last week that so often salvation is preached as fire insurance. Mm -hmm. And um, that is not all that's available in salvation. And we talked about it some, but I had Jordan look up the definition um, in his. So the word salvation is the Greek word sozo. And so I had him look up what that says in the concordance. So he's going to give that to us. Yeah, sozo in Strong's uh, is to save, heal, Cure, preserve, 
keep safe and sound. Rescue from danger of destruction, deliver. Uh, Sozo saves from physical death by healing and from spiritual death by forgiving sin and its effects. Sozo in primitive cultures is translated simply to give new life and to cause uh, to have a new heart. Okay, so listen to, listen to what all of that says. So it says it's to heal. Healing belongs to your body. Sickness and disease is part of the curse. It doesn't just say to heal, but it says to cure. So it doesn't just say that it gets you to a point where you can live with it. It says to cure. I want you to grab a hold of that today. Grab a hold of the fact that he just doesn't want you to get to a point where you can handle it. He doesn't want you to just get to a point where you can live with it and cope with it and move with it. He wants to get you to a point where you've been totally and completely delivered from it. We see in uh, the blessing in Deuteronomy 28, right? This is the blessing that was given Mm -hmm. uh, to the children of Israel. And it says that sickness and disease are part of the curse. Sickness and disease are part of the curse. It is, it is fully known to uh, the Jewish people that sickness and disease are never a blessing. We have it so twisted by religion that sometimes Jesus puts sickness and disease on you. Sometimes the Father puts sickness and disease on you to teach you a lesson. Yeah, I want to make it... Yep. I want to make it so clear to you today that that if you go to the Old Testament, the children of Israel draw out in Deuteronomy 28 that there is no blessing in sickness and disease. All of that is listed under the curse. You say, well, that was the Old Testament. You're right. And the word says that our new covenant is an even greater covenant than that which was given to them. We live in an even greater covenant. So why would an even greater covenant say that sickness and disease was a blessing? Mm -hmm. Not only that, but in Galatians 3.13, it says that you have been redeemed from the curse of the law. So that whole curse that was given, all of that sickness and disease, it says when Jesus went to that cross, this is part of that sozo. This is what's so important. That sozo included the redemption of the curse. Sickness and disease is under the curse. It does not belong to you. You have been redeemed from that thing. You haven't just been redeemed to a place of coping, but you've been redeemed to a place of living wholeness. Have you read the word of God when Jesus was healing people? It doesn't just say that he healed them, but it says that he made them whole. Mm-hmm. For those who lived in the total redemption, he made them whole. Um, I'm thinking about the ten lepers. They came. The one who came back with gratitude. The one who came back to receive the full blessing. It says he made him whole. The others received healing to cope with the status of where they were at. But the one who received the full redemption came back whole. How did he receive the whole redemption? He came back with gratitude of what Jesus had done. He came back with full gratitude of what Jesus had done for him. That 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 healing and that curing was part of the salvation that was afforded to us in Christ Jesus. That is part of the salvation that was preached. No, no second part, no by doing right. It was, no, in the salvation practice was healing and wholeness. It not only says that, it says that protection is available to us. Complete and total protection is available to us. It says that deliverance is available to us. Deliverance can be on so many levels. Deliverance can be on addiction. Deliverance can be on um, an affliction. Deliverance can be on from a certain situation. Uh, 
that was afforded to you in the sozo of God. It also tells us that um, from destruction and from redemption of sins, but can I tell you that same token of... um, of sickness and disease being a blessing, religion has also tried to twist and tell us that poverty and lack is a blessing. Mm-hmm. I, I just it's the simplest terms of some uh, pastor uses this all the time, and Pastor Roxanne and um, I've heard it several times, but on both the healing and the prosperity. All right, well, if uh, God doesn't want you to be rich, or God doesn't want you to prosper, and prosper prosperity is more than just money absolutely but um if that's the easiest terms that we we think about it if you don't want to be prosperous why do you go to a nine to five yeah you're in the exact opposite will of god then or god put sickness on me well then why do you go to the doctor why are you going to the hospital yep you're trying to act against what god wants right that's the i mean god is not going to do that to you yeah, absolutely. Well, and we see the same, the very same thing about sickness and disease uh, from from the Jewish people as we do from um, from the the aspect of uh, finances, prosperity. Have you ever Have you ever noticed um, that um, in speaking to many Jewish people that that finances is not a question for them? It's not a question whether or not God wants them blessed. They just live in knowing that God wants them blessed. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that very same blessing I talked about to begin with, Deuteronomy 28, it says that you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. Everything you put your hand to to do will prosper. Everything you put your hand to do will prosper. So it's not a question to them because it says that you will be robbed in the city. You'll be robbed in your storehouses under the curse. Well, You don't align yourself under the curse. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13 tells us you have been redeemed from the curse of the law and you've been given the blessing of Abraham. Now, now understand my heart in this. That doesn't mean that it's God's will for every single person to live in a mansion and drive a Lamborghini. No, but it is every it is God's will for every person to not live in lack and to not live in poverty. It is God's will. I know according to Philippians 4, Philippians 4.19, it is God's will for him to meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That is God's will. It's God's will for you to have more than enough and plenty left over to give to others according to Corinthians. Yeah, I just want to read um, Galatians 3.13 and 14, I think. Um so Christ is, and we've talked about this already, but Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. And that curse of the law is found in Deuteronomy 28. And you do uh, good for yourself to go look at uh, and read all the way through Deuteronomy 28. And the first half is going to be all the blessings. You you have every one of those available to you. And then the second half, is going to be all the cursing. And I would read through it a few times to know that you don't have that. You you are above all of that in the second half of 28. And um, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. And then 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. And who are the Gentiles? 
the Gentiles are not the Jews, right? They're us. We were Gentiles. Now we're the church, but um, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I just wanted to read that. Well, I think that's so good. And and go up just a little bit. If you read in verse uh, 10 through 12, it's talking about there that it's not even an earned thing. Yeah. He he talks about that the law was given, but the law, what does it say right there? Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. Is evident for the just shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how we gain access to salvation. That's what it told us here in the same scripture. Yeah, the law was given because uh, the people asked for the law. And it was and, given and to God. God was already working on the Jesus plan because He knew that we would ultimately fail on the law. Right. So He even immediately put in. Um, he immediately put in a sacrificial system to redeem us from that law. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not us. We were never under the law. Yeah. We we the church were never under the law. We were never partakers of the law. The law was given to the children of Israel. So only those of that descent were put under the law. Mm-hmm. Now, now listen, that doesn't mean that the law isn't good. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you that isn't what was given to us. Jesus tells us in John that the law that is commanded to us is to love each other deeply. And if you are truly loving each other deeply, you will follow the law. Yeah, most of those fall under love. So Yeah, honor your mother and father. Uh, don't steal. You're not going to steal if you're truly loving someone. Don't covet someone else. You won't do that if you're truly loving someone. Those things, um, love no other gods before me. You won't do that if you're living in Christ. If you live in Christ, you're not going to love any other God before right. him. So, but that that very same thing, the, the faith, that's what it says right here. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved. He's afforded salvation to us as a gift. Delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. So all of these things that we have told you about are, are given to you as a gift. Yeah. And you receive them by faith. And again, it's, it's a, a gift. So it's not a, something that's required of you to do anything. Yeah. A gift um, means there's no reciprocity needed. Or you don't have to. I mean, sometimes at Christmas when someone gives you a gift, you, you feel like you need to give them a gift. But this isn't that. No. It's a... It's um, it's free to you. Yeah, and he and the truth is, even faith was a gift that was given to you. Mm-hmm. He set the faith on the inside of you. It said he gave you a measure of faith to yeah. receive that. He he put the faith on the inside of you. Yeah. Now to do something with that faith, to do something with that measure of faith, you have to do something with that. But we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> but um, but. This is all just gifts that were given to you. This this is just all part of the salvation package that was given to you. And there's so much more we're going to unfold in this. And we actually didn't um, really get to where we were headed today. So we'll continue on with this next week. But I just want, I just want you to see that all of this is just gifts that were given to you. Don't allow the lie of the enemy to tell you that that sickness and disease are a blessing or that poverty and lack are a blessing. If they were a blessing, the word would tell us that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. 
It doesn't tell us that. Go read through Deuteronomy 28 for yourself. There's some stuff in there that you can be redeemed from. Um, short, funny story before we go. Uh, definitely read it through the lens of 3.13, Galatians 3.13. Yes, so that's one thing. Um, in our Bibles, I don't have my main Bible here with me, but you'll read through it. And in Deuteronomy 28, you can go through the le- the list of the blessings. Can I use yours? Yours is just like mine. I brought my other Bible with me this morning. But um, you can go through and after the blessings. So after verse 14, I want you right above verse 15 to write, I have been redeemed from the curse. So 1 through 14 belongs to you through Jesus Christ. From 15 on is part of the curse. And that's what you've been redeemed from according to Galatians 3.13. And if you if you just can't grab a hold of that, I want you to to make it um make it an assignment to yourself to read Galatians three thirteen every single day mm-hmm. to get that rooted on the inside of you. But real quick before uh, before we go, I want to tell you a, a funny story. About to story. be a double episode. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> we could keep going on this. Well, this is just a short funny story before we go. Um, so in that curse, when when our one of our daughters was. Um, real young, she would come home every week with lice. <laughs> mm, I remember those days. And this kid has some thick hair, okay? It would take me, I'm I'm not even exaggerating, Jordan can be my second on this, it would take me at least an hour, if not two, to go through every single piece of her hair. And it was like a constant like thing. Like every day it seemed like. It felt like I was constantly doing it. Well, I began to read in in the word and came to know that um that actually lice is listed in there. Mm-hmm. It's listed as part of the curse. Actually, this isn't the only thing we've done that for. Now no. that I think about it, um we stepped into ministry and we had another issue with with a pestilence mm-hmm. and identified that was also part of the curse. And in both times, um I began to speak that this does not belong to me. Lies cannot come in my life because I have been redeemed from the curse according to Jesus. Not according to anything I've done, but according to Jesus. And I'll tell you what, I think it came back one more time. I spoke, I spoke the truth of the word. And when I spoke the truth of the word... It didn't ever come back again. It tried to come back. The enemy will try to come back. The enemy will try to test and see if you're going to make that stand of blessing and cursing. But he, it never came back again. That's right. So I just want to pray over you right now. And Father, I thank you for every person, every person who's listening to this podcast. I pray this over them. The same thing Paul did right before we read this scripture. And it was... To the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, may he grant to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets. In the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for you who believes and is demonstrated and working of his mighty power. 
We thank you, Lord, that you make this known to each and every one of them, that they will see the call and the plan you have for their life. They will see the blessing that you've given to them through Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you and we love you and we bless you. And we say that today you are victorious. 